0: Hey everyone, this is Gavin. Hey
1: everybody, this is Todd. And I'm Craig.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 115 of the Majors Mess Hall podcast. I am your host Gavin, joined by Todd. Hey. And in place of Todd of Craig on this episode, we've got Kelly. Hello. And because Kelly's only short, we had to make up the rest of the height, so we brought <laughs> Mikey on. Mikey Wood. <laughs> the, uh, I
2: feel like I should make up for Craig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and uh no mikey is as a lot of you know mikey's like a behind the scenes guy as is kelly actually and they do a lot of stuff for us behind the scenes you too this podcast wouldn't float without the help of you too so um mikey's like you know helped us design logos theme tunes like everything if i have a problem i go to mikey and he fixes it for me and then the social media side of things kelly does a lot of work with that as well so um
2: there is a thing that your listeners might not know yeah, that I am literally
0: the voice of ninety eight point seven. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that that's true. Some people actually think thought of, thought that it was me singing the old uh Major's Mess Hall theme tune because they know I'm a singer, <laughs> but that wasn't me, that was Mikey. It's,
2: yeah, yeah. I've it's literally done no
0: the- vocals for any of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Even that, even the Durham the on the new one, that's you. I, I have yeah, to. Yeah. I have to remind myself that's not Craig because that sounds like something Craig <laughs> <isn't>
1: it? <laughs> It's too upbeat and happy for Craig.
3: <laughs> no, I, I really like the start of the new theme tune.
0: It's so catchy. Yeah, like, that, da-da-dum, da-da-dum, like that. That is just the. That's the best thing about it.
3: <laughs> I love like singing quartets, so that kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. So I was like, yes, when he sent me that.
0: An a cappella version of that would be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> And that's not me. That's not me trying to hint. I'm just saying it would be cool. Well,
1: there's four of us. We can do a barbershop quartet.
0: Yeah, you're the bass. We've got that sort you're of doing definitely it. Your it. voice Obviously, is so yes. deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you have
2: to be in tune, Todd. I can tune it afterwards. It's all in post-production, don't worry. Yeah, exactly.
1: The hilarious thing about my voice though, is it sounds totally different, and Gavin can tell you this sounds totally different in person than it does recorded or over any type of device it's even deeper it's a lot deeper and more like a rich tone but it it gets lost in recording equipment because of course i do this from my iphone 11 you know big studio (laughs) production here so um it loses a lot of the the texture and quality so if you ever hear me talk in person you'd be like whoa it would be a shock to you
3: yeah. you high pitched. Yeah, no, we say
0: it's deep, it's actually deeper. It's it, it's crazy. It's no. Going. It is, it's even you deeper. Why
1: deeper? Why like I one of the fucking boys. Saying, bass <laughs> It's
0: funny with Mikey mentioned there that he can pitch correct and stuff like that, which he's done for us before because as you know, you know, in some of the older, you know, in the earlier days we did songs, we did two songs and we recorded where I we all sang a lead That's line. Correct and uh yeah mary's prayer was the first one and then we did uh life is a roller coaster but for mary's prayer um scott couldn't sing any of his parts because he, he was, that, <laughs> was that out of tune and just flat as a witch's tit that we we, we needed we needed something so i, I that's when i came to mike and i was like i don't know what to do here because i can't i don't want to take the part off him because he can he's quite easily agitated and i don't want to upset him and, then, and then I, I I told Mikey and he did pitch correction on that bit and I mean he sounds like a fucking robot on the track but he at does. least he's in key so the that's the main it was, thing
2: it was a particular nightmare actually <laughs> it's crazy <Just the> <laughs>
1: Stephen Hawking I couldn't understand you know
3: what surprises me is how much Craig can actually hold a tune
1: Craig's alright yeah, yeah Craig's not too yeah, bad yeah he is <laughs> I, said, I offended him though when I told quite him that he sounded like a Muppet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who sounds like a Muppet? Craig does. Goes,
3: <laughs> if I only had a team for me
1: to live <laughs> does. I love you, Craig, but... <laughs> like I used to be a church altar boy. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, okay, yeah, I took it too far. <laughs> okay. As I normally do.
0: Um, well, yeah, so, so anyway, on this episode, we do have an interview, which is a pre-record we did with um a wonderful actor called robert katrini and robert has been in so many awesome movies like he was in that much stuff that when we were doing our research on him we had to just pick what what stuff we wanted to talk to him about because he's done that much stuff so some of the things that he's done he he was in the gi joe film um gi joe retaliation he was in that movie um he's in the the most recent film birds of prey the harley quinn movie he's in that one as well and um, I would say most most famously, he's in the uh, the Jack Reacher 2 film, which is a, a Tom Cruise movie. Um, of course, Jack Reacher 1 being the first installment. And he's in the second one, but he's alongside Tom Cruise. So what we're going to do is, well, before we go into the interview, I'm going to play a clip of one of the scenes of him and Tom talking. And I think that if you haven't seen that movie, just listening to the audio of this, this clip I'm going to show you, will probably make you want to see it because it's a fantastic movie. And um, he's just wonderful in it. So yeah, so we had him on. We had a chat with him. And uh, what a nice guy. So what we'll do is we're going to go through to that right now. And, uh, and then after that, we'll, just, we'll, we'll have a chat and catch up um, after the interview. So this is, our, this is a clip now taken from Jack Reacher 2. And it's a scene between Tom Cruise's character and Robert Catrini's character. And then following that is going to be the interview with Robert. So here we go. Colonel,
4: you're the assigned counsel for Major Susan Turner. I'm Jack Reacher former commander of the 110th. I was wondering when you were gonna show up. Major Turner requested under no circumstances are you to be granted visitation privileges. Why would she say that? Maybe she read your file. Anti-authority, anti-social. Anti-lawyer. Did be dead. Excuse me? It says here you never paid child support. I'm not a father. You know, a woman named Candace Dutton begs to differ. She contacted the Army seeking compensation for her daughter. Samantha Dutton. She's 15 now. It's a mistake. They usually are. Mother's got two priors, uh, prostitution, possession. The kid's been in and out of foster care her whole life. Any feelings about that? About foster care? Life sucks. I meant the kid. I don't have a kid. I never heard of Candace Dutton. I'm here about Major Turner. What evidence do they have? A hard drive containing classified information found in Major Turner's residence, the inference being she's selling secrets. And that's it? What do you want, a picture of her wearing a burqa, having drinks with the Taliban? (laughs) What did she tell you? Can't talk to her until tomorrow. Public safety exception. And you accepted that? Where'd you get your law degree? It's possible you were once a good lawyer, Colonel. But what I see is a tired life who will do anything not to endanger his pension. Let me know when you remember what that uniform stands for.
0: Hey, Roberts. Hi. How's it going?
4: Uh, it's going well. Um, Excellent. Just uh, making sure my Skype is set up and that I. Uh, I'm not screwing up anything uh, technologically <laughs> on my end.
0: Well, it sounds awesome. good on this end. Oh, that's great. How are you guys doing? Excellent. So let me just let you know who you're speaking to at the moment. You're talking to me. My name is Gavin, and I am obviously from the UK, but I'm living in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, oh, okay. That's where I'm calling from. And uh, my co-hosts on the line are... We've got Kelly, who's... She's back in the UK. Okay. Hi, Robert. Hi. And uh, we've what? got... We've got Todd, who's in the States. He's in Maine.
4: Oh, okay. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi. I'm
0: yeah, doing is, well. This is an international call. This is what we do, basically. Like We are, we host the show from different parts of the world. And, yeah, it's kind of fun.
4: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Much appreciated.
0: Yeah, it means a lot to us as well that you've given us your time to, to have a chat with
4: you. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, uh, you know, we're... Uh... We we did all our you know, running around this morning, and uh, just wanted to make sure I got back here in time. And. Uh... Open up the Skype thing and make sure that I'm not uh, like I said I'm, that, that I'm not screwing something up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you can leave That's the true. you can
0: leave the screwing up to us because we make mistakes all the time. So
4: oh hey you know, hey listen we you don't want to start comparing mistakes with me. Okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> no, we we've, we've been doing this podcast for like four years now, and and a couple of times, only a few times, we've actually recorded interviews with people, and the the machine hasn't been recording. Which it is recording now. I can to confirm that but it has happened in the past where it hasn't recorded or it's only recorded one side of the conversation which happens to be the person we're talking to and it's not recorded me so then I've had to play the interview back and literally (laughs) act out what I think I said at the time and you know kudos to me I think I did a good job but it's uh yeah it's it's I make mistakes all the time so
4: Oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it
0: was a fun
1: endeavor when we had to do that a couple times. Was, I remember those. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, in a way it's almost like doing ADR. You know, you get called in. That's a exactly year what after it's like. Yeah.
0: The,
4: yeah, the film is done. Your character's gone. You're done X amount of projects since, and then you get called in for ADR, and you have to stand there and watch yourself on the screen. Yeah. And get yourself back into the mode, uh, into the character that you. Essentially, forgot it. Here we go, and and match the the tone and the and the and the, the level of aggravation or comedy or whatever angst in your voice. And the, uh, fortunately, I, I don't know. I guess I've, there there are no. Cl- I don't think there are classes for that. It's just something that I I don't know. I guess I seem to be able to do right out of the gate back when. But it's uh, it's a pretty interesting process. But yeah, similar to what you're talking. You got to try to remember what what did I do.
0: Yeah, and it's like even like laughing, like like I laugh, and then I have to like redo the laugh, but make it sound genuine. I mean, fortunately, I do laugh a second time, so it's not too bad. But like you were saying, doing the ADR work, it's um, it's it's difficult because sometimes you do an ADR for a scene that you filmed outside, and you yeah. talk differently yeah. when you're inside a room than you do when you're outside, and there's traffic yeah. and birds and things and trees making noises and stuff. So. That's, that's yeah. got to be tough. And so you can always tell when an actor's bad at doing ADR because you can, you can hear that it's been dubbed in afterwards.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So it's definitely <laughs> a skill.
4: Yeah, I've had quite a, few, uh, quite a few people, my family members, people not in the business, have noticed they'll be watching something that, uh, on TV. Then, and when it's edited for TV, of course, the actors, any profanities that they've said in the film, they're now dubbed over... And people will sometimes notice the lips didn't exactly match the words that came. Th- those words <laughs> that came out. So who's their go-to reference? That's when I get a phone call, and I have to explain what the ADR is and say, "Yeah, well, they, you know, the NBC can't run that film that way. So <laughs> yeah, they have to, and that's what they do." And uh, surprisingly, a lot of people didn't even know that that was a- occurring. They just could never figure out over the years why. You know, he said, you know, he said freaking when it's obvious that his <laughs> lips is something else. It's just
0: something close to that uh, but not quite the same.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I said, well, no, I, what that is, that's an extra paycheck because you get to walk in a studio and do it all over again. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I've actually got a uh, – th- this is interesting. I uh, went on a couple of auditions uh, last year to dub in English foreign – films oh wow and and apparently uh i don't know apparently i did something right because i got called in uh they they like what i did back then the last one was in november i think and uh i got called in just last month they said listen uh, my voiceover agent uh, called and said listen they want to hire you for this and there were no advance sides Or anything available i know when you go for an adr uh, session for a film that you've already done usually uh, i think maybe even 100 percent of the time you get the lines ahead of time and they may improvise once you get in the studio but for the most part i know the lines that i'm going to have to re-record uh nothing like that this time so i it was uh, a first time thing for me and i got in and it's a polish film um already owned by netflix And I was asked to do four, they asked me to do four different voices, but I didn't see anything until I got in the studio and they're playing the film in front of me. And uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's like when I left, my wife said, you know, what was it like? I said, it's kind of like on the spot, cold reading, but you have to, you have to immediately get inside the head of the actor on screen yeah and and he's speaking his lines but they run your lines across the bottom you have to match his lips etc so it it is ADR but it's uh it's an interesting type of ADR and I guess I did something right because I'm going in next week they call me back to do it for another (laughs) film
0: excellent so So when you uh, when you say you you had to do four different voices are you talking like accents there or is it just your accent
4: well uh I don't know how much they knew of me when I got in but I understood you know based on I mean the voice that you hear now that's that's my voice so whatever it was that they liked um, that would uh, that I could dub the main the main villain Um, and they wanted a specific type of kind of closed mouth you know kind of speak like that so i did it and they were very happy and i had to do a whole bunch of those scenes and they said so now we have a couple of different characters which i knew that they were going to do i didn't know which characters are or or what they wanted but i offered i said you know do you want uh do you want dialects do you want uh you know anything do you you want like do you want the new york where i was born from i could do that (laughs) Uh, i could say you know hey I I i come from boston i can do that too I uh, said, so, yeah, you can even do a little bit of Irish if you want that. that but they, uh, <laughs> you know, they, just, uh, it, was, uh, it was shot in in Europe. So uh, I tossed in, uh, you know, possible uh, Soviet KGB. On something like <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and uh, no, they just wanted different, uh, they wanted a higher register here. You know, so, so some of the guys were talking like this. And, uh, you know, and it was just a matter of different registers. So it, it's a whole new area for me that uh apparently i, I did a good job because they want me back so i'm like okay and i yeah, have we'll no have idea again right. what this <laughs> where where this what language this new film will be doing next week is uh but uh yeah just another little i guess it's another tool in the toolbox that uh i've been very fortunate uh,
1: well, <laughs> that must be scene? very challenging because you got to match like the tone of the scene and you got to do all the different emotions, of yeah. while you're reading the lines and trying to figure out, like, you know, what the tone is and everything, and trying to match that along with the
4: the, the dialogue. I
1: mean, that that must be really. You must got to be great at improv and thinking on the spot.
4: Well, yeah, that's that's the challenging part of it. I mean, not to give too much away. Actually, I don't even know the name of the film. I, I just saw Netflix's logo, you know, uh, across the top of the. Uh, the 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 scenes that they were showing me but um for instance when when the the the, apparently the 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 main bad guy he gets shot several times in different parts of his body and you gotta you know you gotta get your head inside that and I guess they liked what I did because I was I was all over the room, still trying to stay in front of the microphone. You know, I was, I was screaming like gunshots as I was shot, and my body was writhing inside the room. And at the end of the take, they were, they were all kind of looking at me through the glass. Like, I, I, as I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, well, they're either thinking I've completely lost my mind because I look, like a, <laughs> because I look like a. A piece of bacon, uh, frying, <laughs> riding around on a on a on a hot skillet, just jumping around in here. Or they're saying they kind of liked it, and uh, they say, "Well, that was, that was okay, Bob. Uh, yeah, no, we 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 liked that. Can you do that again?" I said, "Well, what's the next the next scene?" And uh, it was. Uh, someone the bad guy getting dropped into a, a vat of acid <laughs> so of course you know i'm mumbling as soon as he dropped me in i'm screaming and i'm, I'm writhing and i'm going you know <laughs> <'cause I'm... laughs>
0: it must be exhausting to have to do that
4: wow. it, i tell you you know you're right it was uh it takes a lot out of you. It really does. It's if you're, if you're doing it in my head, you know, I, I can only speak for myself. If you're doing it correctly, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be tired. You know, you, you really are. Um, they brought me in for, uh, ADR for, it was preacher, <laughs> uh, Seth Rogen, uh, was kind enough to hire me uh, down in New Orleans uh, brought me down to New Orleans to do an episode of preacher it was the second season first episode I'm playing uh, a Texas uh, a southern Texas highway patrol sergeant so you know it d- depends on that kind of where, where exactly in Texas it is because you got to <laughs> either roll those r's or you got to you got to really put the Rs in there if you're from Dallas, etc. So, uh, <laughs> where um, the preacher—I <laughs> I don't even—I I don't know if I can say this. That the—well, I guess they had it on network TV. It wasn't the preacher says uh, to me. Uh, he makes everyone stop, and he says, um, "And you mace your balls." <laughs> <laughs> And I had to take the mace out of my little mace holster inside and unzip and put the mace inside and my face looked like it was going to explode <laughs> you know, pushing all the pressure to the head. And you know, if you watch the episode you'll you'll see what I mean. But when they called me in for ADR, I'm thinking I, I didn't think that. I thought, well, you know, it's a couple of lines I could see. <laughs> when I got in, I did the couple of lines, and they said, so, listen, uh, Rob, uh, you know that scene where you had a with the mace? I said, yeah. Um, could you do that again and, like, hold it as long as you can? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I remember what it was like on set, where at some point, it, it almost felt like I was going to pass out because I was just, pumping that much pressure into my head and my whole face turned red. Uh, I started to do it. <laughs> they run the scene and I started and I'm starting to feel a little lightheaded and they're not yelling gut. Just going, <laughs> if anything, they're behind me whispering, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and my face is turning red. I did one and it was tiring. And they said can you do another one? I said, yeah, but but if you don't mind, I need that chair. I brought the chair over not to sit down. I said, I need, I really need to hold on to the back (laughs) of the chair because um, just so, you know, there's a chance I might go down because (laughs) because, uh, I'll I'll do whatever I need to do to get this in the can. But, um, the pressure on the inside of my head, I, I need to, uh, I'm going to have to hold my... And I did. I did it. Uh, it was like a full 60 seconds.
1: Wow.
0: That's dedication. And I,
4: yeah, I felt like I was starting to get lightheaded, but I just kept going and going. And at the end of that, uh, I did actually sit down for a couple of minutes before I did any other it was But, wow. you know, it was all fun.
0: <clears throat> well, that was one of my questions actually was about... I've noticed watching a lot of your scenes that you've done, you, you tend to get shot and injured a lot. Um, you, you, have <laughs> <laughs> you have to act oh out God. being in pain now to me like I, I've, I've done a little bit of acting not very much but at, trying to act as if you're in pain when obviously you're not is extremely difficult what is it because you're really good at it so what, how do you get into that frame of mind because not everybody can do it like some people you can tell it's it's fake but you genuinely
4: seem in pain yeah um it's uh, wow how can I explain that um I've, I've done quite a few roles like that uh, it's actually what got me into uh, for uh, birds of prey um, oh yeah point Stefano movie. Galanti yeah the the audition scene was literally just getting shot with the arrow in bed that was that was the entire audition scene now wow. when they when the film came out you know they they cut up what I did into little chunks and spaced them out over the course of, of many many minutes but that was the audition scene, and I, I mean, you know, I, I knew, I knew going in, I probably had a pretty good shot, because that's something I i was able to do, it, it's nothing that I haven't done before, Um, you know, Versace, you know, having my head wrapped in duct tape for four and a half hours laying on the bed, um, that, Ouch. that was, uh, that was a little bit of a primer, and certainly, <laughs> Yeah, well, Versace was interesting because um, I, I didn't know how long I was uh, I was wrapped in in tape. My my wife actually told me it was uh, about four and a half hours. Wow! Uh, wow. And, and I knew that they were <laughs> moving cameras and whatnot around. And uh, the stunt coordinator, I I, I don't believe he, he really even left the the left side of the bed. If he did, I was unaware of it because I couldn't see anything but he was constantly checking with me to make sure I was okay. And of course, you know, you're laying on the bed in your skibbies skivvies and, uh, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're hearing muffled, you know, okay. Blah, 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 and they're hearing the same thing from me. So what was, uh, what was interesting was, um, I, I, uh, every now and then I'll get a touch of vertigo. Um, but I'm laying there and, uh, they're, they're communicating with me and my my, asking me, I'm hearing it through the tape, you know, are everything okay? And give the thumbs up. And, uh, every now and then it would be a double, you know, everything really okay. And then I'll give them double thumbs up and I'm laying there. And at one point, um, we're going through scenes and, and I, I feel, you know, uh, Darren Chris, who played uh, the assassin Darren is jumping on top of me and he's and he's holding my hands because I'm I'm struggling and whatnot uh, and then I'm laying there quietly waiting for whatever it is they're going to tell me to do next and I start to feel the last meal that I had is possibly coming back to visit me uh, <laughs> not in the restroom type of way that we would normally think. It's coming back up. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm laying there and I get this touch of a little bit of vertigo and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, go- I'm gonna drown in my own vomit, holy crap. And I just, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, danger signal was uh, the uh, American football uh, referee, two hands in the air, you know, goal. And I bolt off the side of the bed uh, people were immediately by my side and um, had uh, scissors and were cutting off the duct tape from the, from behind me. And as soon as they pulled the tape off, you know, I, I blurted out something that I'm going to throw up. And they got a pail and I tossed a little bit of lunch. And uh, then it was um, it was a 45 minute, yeah 45 minute mandatory break for me, which I did not want to take. I said, no, I'm ready to go back. Uh, they didn't want to hear anything like that they the 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 box lot nurse i guess medic and they called her and she comes in wheeling her you know little carry on looks like a carry-on for you know an airplane flight and she's got oxygen i was like no i i no guys i'm i'm fine i'm i'm fine i don't need any of that but they did make me take a break before i went back so uh but yeah, I, I don't know. I have a—it's—it's kind of a running joke in uh, my circle. <laughs> That's funny.
3: <laughs> was there any um, one movie in particular that attracted you to acting in the first place?
4: Well, funny you say that. I, I don't know if it was any one particular film, but um, back in my teens, I had read. Uh, one of Stanislavski's books and I had always been interested in, in that. And it was something that this is the very bizarre part of my career. I guess it was something that I always wanted to do, but I just never said anything to anyone. I mean, literally never said anything Uh, living in New York. I actually went to the actor's studio and, you know, stood outside and looked up the steps, uh, you know, but I I didn't know at that time that they didn't, it didn't cost anything. All you had to do was audition. And my dad died when I was 10. So my mom had, uh, had to raise four boys. Um, wow. With, with, you know, with the help of uh, her sisters and my grandmother. Uh, in the bed section of Brooklyn. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, it's still one of the, today it's still one of the worst slums in the country. Um, and I was born uh, and raised in Ward 7 in bed so i i never even mentioned anything like that my what potential aspirations i had because we didn't have any money i mean just the way it was the only way i was able to go to uh, saint francis prep uh, high school uh was a partial scholarship but uh, only due to uh, my mom's sisters my aunts who were able to uh, come up with the rest of the money for me to go to saint francis and get the education that i did there so i was in bands uh, I've been a musician all my life, and I was in in and out of different bands that we played around the Bronx, and et cetera. And uh, also, you know, I worked in uh, delicatessens all over Long Island. Okay. So, uh, you know, primarily, even though I'm half Sicilian, half Irish, uh, never worked in an Italian deli. There we're always German delis. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned a lot about uh, delicatessens in the food business. And eventually my wife and I, uh, we decided to uh, leave New York and uh, Went down to South Florida and opened up our own deli. Wow. And it was there one night we We closed the store and we went to one of those one of those uh, uh, Cheap movie theaters where a film would uh, after six months running know, it goes into the dollar theater and those were really the only ones open at the time down there by the time we'd close our store, and we are in, in the theater one night, and um, Stephen Seagal movie is on called Out for Justice. Nice. And here's Stephen. <laughs> he's supposed to be like a New York City detective, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm sitting in the seats, and this is so bad. Be- I'm from Brooklyn, and I don't even speak like that. But, um... At the beginning of the film, um, a name came up on the screen. Uh, one of the front cards, I didn't even know they were called front cards at the time, but a name came up and I blurted it out because I knew that name. And I didn't even know he was an actor. And of course, you know, the whole theater kind of looked at me like, and my even wife looked at me like, the hell was that? I said, well, okay. And suddenly from half falling asleep, I'm really paying attention now. And we get outside after the theater uh, films open. She said, what the heck was that? And uh, for the first time ever in my life, and Peg and I had already been together, you know, like 12, 13 years, whatever. Uh, I just said, what would you say if I wanted to change careers and become an actor? Well, <laughs> she didn't even know. Uh, <laughs> She, she like you were crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. She she didn't even bat an eye. She thought about it maybe for five seconds and said, "I I think it'd be great. I really wow. do." But what would you do? And I said, "I I don't know. I have to. Uh, I I have to train." And you know, we and here we are. We you know we moved we moved across the country to open up a business and et cetera. Put all our money into it. So there was this girl working for us called Teresa. <laughs> Teresa was uh, Teresa wasn't even a hippie, you know. <laughs> Teresa was a beatnik, like pre-hippie, <laughs> before, before hip. The the word hippie back in the sixties became fashionable. Teresa was before that, and uh, uh, I said, you know, if if anybody would know any of those theater people, I bet you it's Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> um, went in the next day and said, listen, so uh, Teresa. And, uh, you know anybody oh yeah 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 boss i do yeah my brother he knows uh you know a lot of very uh a lot of theater people and uh, i'll get a name for you uh a couple of days went by and she comes in and says boss i got a name for you hands me a uh a slip of paper and it was for the uh the name was jilda pianelli uh university center for the performing arts and she came highly recommended so i called up and uh went down, audited a class, I walk in, there's five women in that particular class, five females and me, and uh, in comes this little, <laughs> this little package of dynamite with a beret, looked like she came straight out of <laughs> like the west side of, of, of Greenwich <laughs> Village, you know, I mean, literally looked like a, a village person, and says, uh, hi, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Gigi, who are you? I said, yeah, I'm uh, Bob Catrini, here to order a class, oh, okay you know, sit down. And, uh, she puts all the ladies up there on the stage individually and uh, goes through what she called, uh, tonight's class is going to be called a, mo- uh, a coffin monologue. And she puts all of them up there. And then she says, uh, okay, uh, Bob, you're up. And I said, "Oh no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just here to look. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I, hey, I don't, I, who she said, well, not in my class, get up there. And, uh, and I did. And uh, she put me through my paces, and asked me a couple of questions. And when she finally had me at the emotional point, she turns out she wanted me. She had me go through uh, the 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 lesson was uh, there's a coffin in front of you. It's either someone who has passed and you did not get get a chance to say things to them that you really should have said, or it's somebody who has not yet passed and there are things you need to say to them and um get that in your head and i'm going to walk you through some questions and as soon as i have you where i want you i'm going to say "scene," and you're going to recite mary had a little lamb wow the words the words are going to have nothing at all to do with what you're feeling at that point point. and uh so the class was over and she came over to me and uh she said i don't know what it is that you do in your life and i said well i, I own a delicatessen she said well, <laughs> she said whatever it is you're doing if you give this up you're a fool because wow. you're a natural for this and i started studying with her for two uh, twice a week for two years and uh and then she uh and then she threw me out of class <laughs>
3: uh,
4: i come in one night and uh She says, uh, as the class is over, she said, stick around, I want to talk to you. And uh, sat me down in the office. She said, I don't want you to come back. I said, uh, what are you talking about? She says, uh, if anybody in this school has a shot, they're making it. It's you. Wow. Um, oh, well,
3: she had a lot of confidence in you then.
4: Yeah, she did. She said, next time you walk into this room, oh, you're going to have to move to L.A. And if you haven't realized that yet, <clears throat> know it now because that's what's going to happen. Next time you walk into this room, um, you're going to have a resume that everybody else is going to be envious of. And uh,
3: she's yeah, not wrong.
4: I, yeah, that's that's the way
3: Just I, looking at some of the things you've been in, it's... Amazing! How many things you've actually been in? It's just looking back
4: yeah. from from. I've, uh, I've been very blessed. I, I have been yeah. truly, truly blessed. I, I I really have, and I, I I give thanks for. I give thanks for those blessings every day, and uh, there's no way I could ever have done it without Peg. You know, uh, yeah, we've been together. That. I was going to yeah, ask you about your wife. Years.
0: Forty-one years is amazing. Um, like, because I, I listened to another podcast that you'd done as well. Which let me just quote what that was called. It was the Brooklyn Buddha podcast with Jimmy Dell.
4: Oh, uh, Jimmy Dell yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's Jimmy Dell Valle at it, yeah. Uh, so I listened to that one, and you you speak very highly of your wife, and and she pay, she obviously played a key part as well, and you she supported you from from right from day one, and like you know told you to go and do it, and and yeah, uh, you know, I just wondered like what is the like if you could give anybody any advice like what's what's the secret to what you guys have because it's like 41 years and you are you clearly adore your wife so much it's uh I, I I do. it's pretty special I, um,
4: anyone i i i don't you know i i've always said well i, I make first of all peg's been on probably 98 percent of the sets that i've been on and um I, you know, I joke about it to the first or uh, second 80s. I say oh, she's my crew. This is my entourage but, <laughs> <laughs> but once people get to know her for about 10 minutes uh, a couple of years ago I switched that to uh, the only reason anybody hires me is because everybody loves peg <laughs> <laughs> And all my friends, when they heard me say that said, you know, he's absolutely right. We don't even like you. We actually like (laughs) that. I said, well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, she is um, any, uh, you know, anytime anybody pays me a compliment about anything that I do in this business, I, I just tell them to go over and, you know, she's the reason. We were living on the East Coast I had to come out here to uh, um, Los Angeles. I had never been to Los Angeles before. And um, Peg, because of the health of her father and her job, et cetera, was not ready to come out at that time, but I needed to come. And uh, she was, I mean, I'll never forget the image of her standing on the front deck of the house as I pulled out to drive across the country. And, you know, she was in tears. But she told me, she said, go out and, you know, set up the, uh, get the career going and I'll come out as soon as, you know, as I can. And uh, that, I I came out and I rented a room in uh, a condo, uh, an upstairs bedroom in a room uh, in a condo in uh, North Hollywood. Um, That statement of hers turned into, we saw each other once a year for five years. Wow. Wow. Um, and drove my mother crazy. I mean my my mother was on the phone every other day. You know, what, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. How can you you're separate I said, Mom, Mom, we're not separated, but we're not separated. I'm just, you know, and as soon as I came out here, um, I, I started working and started building up the career and uh once a year Peg would come out for a week. Um, I went back to the East Coast, I think it was once, maybe maybe twice. But other than that, it was just phone calls. And um, then she was finally able to come out. I crossed the California border on October 1st, 1998. Um, And she was finally able to come out here in October, I believe it was, two thousand three rather. So, yeah, you know, when I... (laughs) You know, everybody sacrifices something to get what they want. but when I hear other actors say, no, I sacrificed a lot, I say, really? Let me tell you what I sacrificed.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Because like this is <laughs> all before when, when like you know the internet was like really big with Facebook and you know and, and Sky- even Skype and things like that. like this is back when it was it was just phone calls. I mean I, I, I'm away from my, my parents and my brother and my grandfather and stuff like that and it's difficult, but having Skype, you know and you'll be able to see them it's so much easier than like what you say you know just via a phone that that's that so yeah. hard
4: you're exactly right i mean the technology even the ones we're using right now for this uh really didn't exist back then yeah and it was it was a phone call that was that was it uh, you, it was a voice um there were no uh, at that time cell phones didn't even have uh, cameras in them you know <laughs> yeah it's true um, yeah, yeah. the The iPhone hadn't even come out yet, so uh, <laughs> that's the technology you know we're talking about. So you know, once she came out here, it was um, she's. I I could not, I could not possibly do it without her. And uh, uh, so you know, there it is. I, uh, she's she's everything. She's my wife. So,
0: yeah, that's that's so lovely. I think I think that what people can take from from what you and Peg have is um, is just the support on each other, essentially. Because she was and still is such a massive support to you and what you do. Oh, yeah. and I'm sure you are equally for her as well. And oh yeah, he, even that long distance as well. I know this from because my wife's Canadian, which is why I'm living here now. We did the whole long distance thing for a few years before she moved to England and then we moved here. And we we truly believe that doing that and having the long distance relationship has made us so much stronger than we would have been had we not have done that that's what we believe anyway and i'm sure you guys yeah. are exactly the same as well
4: well uh, you know you're you're you were in the same uh, essentially the same situation that we were in um if you can make it through that i mean really you know that's exactly. that's a trial by fire i yes. mean if you can make it through that then as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as Peg's concerned, you know, the rest is a piece of cake. I mean, no, yeah, no. definitely, uh, no question about it. I, it was a, I joke about the story when people say I tell people, you know, everybody loves Peg. I said, okay, so when we were shooting Jack Reacher, uh, Tom Cruise could not possibly have treated us better. I was going to ask. Just, you, I was
0: going to ask you about that actually.
4: It, it was extraordinary. Um, we're out in. Uh, Lafayette Square shooting the outdoor scene and uh, This was on November 4th. I believe uh, in uh, 2020 yeah, 2015 um, um, Spectre the Bond film was about to come out that weekend. Oh, yeah, so In between takes Tom comes over to me and he says uh, Puts his hand on my shoulder. He says hey hey, Rob, uh, you know, I'm having a private screening tonight. Spectre uh, just a couple of us, you know, ten twelve people. I rented a theater, you know we, we, I'd like for you and Peg to come and of course, you know, I'm looking around the other way and I'm saying you, you, you sure you're you're talking to me really? And, um, <laughs> and he hits you with that crew smile and says of course. Yes, and I looked over at Peg sitting in the in the video village And I said because uh, I knew what effect it would have on her and I said would you would you go over and tell her that yourself? and again he hit you with the cruise well, cuz he knew exactly what i was saying i said he said absolutely <laughs> so sid swank the uh, the uh, publicist had told us uh, listen we, we have the uh, the square locked up up to the sidewalk on the other side of the sidewalk across the street all paparazzi we have no control over that so don't be surprised if you you know find your pictures somewhere online yada 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 i said okay I didn't think anything else of it so tom goes over and uh he tells peg and uh, we show up on the set the next, we go that night uh, and it had a terrific time he could not possibly have been more gracious it was just a, a, an exceptional night next day uh sid comes over and says so uh hey did you uh, see your pictures online i'm like uh no whips out her ipad and i think it was the i'm gonna say the uh, the London Daily Times? It, it was a, a British, a London newspaper, a London publication. It said, yeah, there are three pictures. There's uh, two of you, and there's one of Peg. And I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so so, if you picture the paparazzi across the street seeing the back of Peg's head and the back of the director's chair she's sitting in, and Cruz is standing here. In front of her he's facing the camera and he's got his arm on her shoulder that's, <laughs> that's the exact worst. moment when he he's telling her and peg looks up and what she's saying is really and he hits it with the crew smile in that photograph and says really and i thought of all the thousands of photographs that <laughs> could possibly have been posted what are the odds <laughs> so she kind of like a little bit of celebrity in her own right now, <laughs> yeah. now, now, but but here's the kicker to the story cut to eight months later the film's about to open on i think it was october 21st something like that uh we're very good friends with the abc executive who runs the jimmy kimmel show for the network and Walkie well, calls me and says hey uh bobby you know uh, tom's going to be on the show uh tonight, you know, promoting because it, it's opening up Friday. You know, do you want to come on? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So Peg and I go, and later that night, there's a screening for casting Crew at Paramount. So we were over at uh, Kimmel's place, and Wokey comes out and gets us and brings us in, and he's walking around Jimmy's, uh, the, the stage and showing us all around before the audience comes in and whatnot. And we go down to the green room, uh, which is, if you haven't been to Jimmy Kimmel's green room, it's a trip. It's not just this little tiny room with you know, four or <laughs> five bottles of soda that you asked for. No, it's, it's like a little nightclub. Wow. So we're, we're, we're down there and we're looking up at the screens. It's gotta be 150 people milling around, watching Tom on the stage. And as he leaves the stage, down the hallway by us, he's, he's up another floor. The stage is up on on a different uh, level, so we're looking down the hallway, and here comes we, we happen to notice Tom's two sisters, Cass, uh, who runs all of his uh, you know his schedule, and who we met in New Orleans, and who go, who gave us the call because he told us he said well I'm going to my sister call you and you know arrange for tonight for the screening, and Cass is coming down the hallway with uh, her sister, and as they're passing by, Cass looks over and sees Peg. And points to Peg, like, oh, my God, and hugs Peg. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was you I, 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 I was the guy in the movie. <laughs> so, so she says, true story, she says, have you seen Tom yet? I said, uh, no, not yet. She said, oh, he's going to be coming down the stairs. We look over, and it's about 30 feet away. And <laughs> Tom's coming down. He's surrounded by security. And he's still maybe three or four steps above the crowd, the head of the crowd, and he's looking out, and he sees, and he points out with his finger like, "Oh my God!" And he comes over, and I thought he was pointing to me. Comes over, and he hugs Peg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "What the hell?" I was was Colonel Markov. You remember me? But he hugs me and he says, you know, have you seen it yet? I said, no, we're on our way over to Paramount now. He said, you're going to love it. He said, great job. You know, thank you very much. But the whole point of the story to me is everybody hugged Peg. <laughs> <laughs> so we walked, back. we walked out of the, the Kimmel uh, building. I thanked everybody who we needed to thank and on our way over to Paramount. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, everybody loves you. This is why I get hired. <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's the off-air star.
4: <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Dave Rodriguez, who uh, has been a good friend for 12 years. Uh, terrific career he's got dire- uh, directing TV. Um, he's always wanted to do it. We knew it before he was a a, a solid te- a television director. It turns out he was directing an episode of SWAT this past year. So uh, <clears throat> I. Uh, oh,
3: yeah, that's Shamar Moore's new show, isn't it?
4: yes exactly shamar moore's new show and d-rod's done a couple of uh, episodes for them so uh you know i i gave him a shout and uh, he says yeah yeah i'm gonna get you in the room and uh i booked the role and i emailed the the second a.d and i said by the way my wife will be with me tomorrow he emailed the second a.d emails me back and says director said, if your wife is going to be with if Peg's going to be with you, she better damn well bring some of that carrot cake she's famous for. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Uh, so,
4: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's
3: definitely so, a star, isn't she?
4: She is. Uh, she actually is. She's, uh, you know, she's my reader. She runs me through my lines. Uh, she does my makeup when we get to uh, auditions. Uh, she's, uh, I, wow. Well, she probably
3: knows just as much about the business as you,
4: I guess. <laughs> you know, she does. She understands. Well, she, you know, most of the time she's in uh, probably 90, maybe 100 percent of the time. She's usually in Video Village. You know, she'll sit there and just do her needlework. And uh, but she knows. Yeah, she she knows what's going on on the set. She's uh, she's very very savvy. So, uh, uh, and she'll <laughs> she'll tell me she'll tell me even if the director's happy with something okay, you know, moving on, next setup, and I'll come over and, uh, you know, how you doing? You know what you could have done over there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I could have, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Or I'll come over and she'll say, uh, they really liked when you did that. And I'm like, oh, okay, good, good to know. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's everything. So, there you go. That's awesome. Oops. So, oh. we
3: sorry we've no, been no, looking back at at some of your the tv series you've been on and it's from ncis to the mentalist but one that stood out for us because we're a big fan of the show is um your role on king of queens so i just wondered because <laughs> a lot of your roles are quite serious like you play wardens judges that kind of thing i wonder what it was like to pull on your comedy side and working along someone as talented as kevin james well
4: i'll tell you fern orensting uh, was the senior vice president of casting at CBS. Did a casting, uh, uh, casting director workshop with her, was it 2020, probably ooh, 12 years ago. And um, a, f- a friend of mine, Carlos, uh, was sitting next to me in a room before Fern came in. He said, have you ever met her? I said, I, I wouldn't know if, she, if she, she could be in a room now. I have no idea what she looks like. <laughs> anyway, she comes in, and the first hour of her workshop she goes through headshots and explains to, she holds them up one by one and explains what works for her what doesn't and she gets to mine and she says oh robert yes uh holds mine up and says i know robert very well <laughs> and of course my <laughs> friend next to me his head rotates like linda blair in the exorcist and he says how does she i thought you didn't know her. i said i i've never met her well of course it dawned on me immediately all the stuff that i done for CBS. Everything had to go up and finally get her approval at some point, no matter which wow. casting office was doing it. And she said, I know Robert very well, love the headshot, yada, yada, yada. And she gives Carlos and I a comedy scene. And <laughs> it's something that, you know, I, I, I've, I've done naturally. i have done Neil Simon on stage. I, you know, I, I, I was used to that, but nobody was submitting me for it. She fell on the floor, and she said, "Robert, why aren't you being submitted for more? Why aren't there more comedy not submitted? Why aren't why isn't there more comedy on your resume?" I said, "Because they don't submit me for that. I tell them to submit me for that, but I think when people look at my headshot, they don't think comedy. I don't, you know, (laughs) they they just don't. And the couple of opportunities that I've had, like you said, King of Queens." uh, last year, the uh, the cool kids, you know, getting the chance to play with uh, David Allen Greer and Vicki Lawrence and Marty Mull. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was fun. But they for some reason, they don't submit me or if they are submitting me, I'm not uh, I'm not I, I don't appear to be the comedic guy, even though <laughs> I know I've got solid cool. comedy chops. So yeah, that was uh, interesting with Kevin James, when you go into read, uh, at least back then anyway, um, back, uh, there were only you may or may not be aware of this. Uh, pretty much everything is, is on tape with no producers in the room these days. NCIS, they're always in the room. Producers are there for every session. But for the most part, probably 99 percent of the auditions in town, you're on tape with the casting director or associate, and from there it goes to producers you don't see anybody live in the room but for king of queens kevin was not only in the room for all the auditions he sits right up front and leans oh, wow. forward on the couch as if he's about <laughs> to get off the the, the seat and he, he's so close to you that he's actually looking up at you while you're you're reading with the casting director who usually sits next to him so it i mean it, it didn't intimidate me at all I mean, not at not at all. But uh, uh, when I when I did the scene, he just started laughing so much, and the whole room was laughing, and uh, it was it was good, and uh, you know, and we had a great time. But I would love scene. to do more comedy. I really would. Yeah,
0: because you were you were great at that. I mean, that that role in particular, that, that Kelly mentioned, because we're both big fans of King of Queens. It was it's yeah. so good. Like, the delivery of the lines was perfect. It was like, it, the whole setup of him saying, oh, my father-in-law's like, had a heart attack. And you're like, I had a heart attack once. It ain't that bad. It was just perfect <laughs> delivery of the lines. It's really, really funny. Well, so he, that would have been cool if that character Sal had been in more episodes, actually. I would have liked to have seen him in more.
4: I, uh, here's something I don't even know if I should say. I get called in for that um, about two hours ahead of time. Because casting, I, I knew that they wanted me to get the role. I, you could just tell. Whenever a casting director says, come and see me before, the, before you go into the audition, that's, they, uh, you know right away, like they're, they're pulling for you. Uh, I mean, they're pulling for you anyway. You know, they want every actor that walks in the room, they want, they want to look good in front of the producers, and they've brought in the cream of the talent that they think is correct for this particular role, et cetera. So we go through the scene, and I did it exactly the way you saw it on uh, the final cut. And CD says, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Say um, say it this way. Um, yeah, uh, I've had a heart ischemia, It ain't that bad. And just put everything together. And so now it's a crucial point in my life <laughs> where I'm standing <laughs> there. And it's everything I can do not to say, that's not funny yeah there has to (laughs) there has to be a pause there and then i deliver the punch 100 percent. so no no to do it that way so for the next hour and a half i'm out in the hallway and i mean anguishing who do i who do what what do i do do i listen to my own comedic chops which i know is the correct way to do this and risk never getting called to this office ever <laughs> again uh and i rolled the dice and i did it that way i said yeah i had a here it ain't that bad and of course that, <laughs> that got the laugh and yeah, that's exactly. why i got and that's why i got the job and for a while i didn't get called into that office <laughs> so yeah. You know, it's one of those, I got to go with my gut on this, you know, I'd be happy to do it that way if I honestly thought that was a funny way to do it. But I've got enough comedy in my background to know that uh, no, there's, there's, it's the timing and the timing on that particular deriv- delivery is that's off. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just not, it's not funny. Well, sorry, I hope that
0: funny. now now it's 100% confirmed that it was the right way to do it because I did not know that story at all before you just told me. And I've just nope. I just literally picked up on that line and how funny it was because of the delivery of it. So you hundred yeah, percent definitely did it the right way.
4: Thank you. Yeah, just that little pregnant pause letting it hang there because you don't know which way the character's gonna go. And then he just snaps out, it. Yeah, it's not that bad. That <laughs> that obviously it worked because everybody everybody in the room agreed. Next thing I know I'm on I'm on the sound stage. But um yeah, I you know, I'm what can you say? It's um you got to go with your gut. Uh, and and okay. no, this is not a story. This is the first time I, I'm telling a story that the general public will will know of it, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. You got what's right? Yeah, it's only something I've told, you know, to, to friends privately. But uh can't even believe I told you that just now. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I'll never end up in that office. Damn it. <laughs> Can't believe that sob told that story on Lo- <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> put his up on the do not the <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah but uh, you know I, i've just been uh, i've been very very fortunate and continue to be so you know uh, i used to run major events for uh, a major major catering office uh, a company here in la uh, ran the vip Lore section of the governor's ball for the Academy Awards for several years um, wow. and then got to the point where uh, didn't have to do that anymore so uh, yeah I've, I've been blessed I've been very very blessed so uh, people continue to treat me exceedingly well something else I tell people you know let's face it Hollywood is not exactly known to be I mean it, it might have it might have I'm, I'm qualifying that saying it might have <laughs> a reputation as possibly a backstabbing town. Who knows? It's something I heard somewhere. I'm not saying that's true. I heard it somewhere. But um, everyone has been in this in my entire career. Everyone has just been incredibly supportive. Directors, producers, casting directors. I have been treated so exceedingly well. And for that, I, uh, I'm, I'm always thankful. So I've been fortunate. Thank God. Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
4: Yeah. And I'm dying, by the way, I'm dying to work in, in, uh, in the UK and, and Europe, especially the UK. Uh, we, we don't really watch, uh, a lot of network TV as it's being broadcast. You know, we'll watch whatever on Hulu, et cetera. But uh, most of the stuff that we watch, Peg and I, is, uh, um, It's all, you know, peaky blinders. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a game of thrones. Broadchurch. Well, is it? There's a sitcom uh, over there.
0: Not not a sitcom, sorry. A um, (laughs) a soap opera, and I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard of it, but it's called EastEnders.
4: Yeah, exa- sure, East Enders, okay. absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see you in that. That would be like one of the bad guys against Phil Mitchell. <laughs> that would yeah, be really cool. I, yeah. It's actually funny because listening to that other podcast you did, you talk about like uh, the fact you really um, like Gary Oldman, and you know, obviously as an actor, you think he's fantastic. His sister sure. is actually in East Enders and has been for years. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's so random. I can't remember her name in real life, but she plays a character called Mo. And she's, oh, she's so funny in it as well. And they look to, to look at them, you go, oh, my God, that, you can totally tell they're related.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did a movie in New Orleans a couple of years ago called Nola Circus. And Vass Blackwood flew in from London to do it. And I flew in from L.A. And just getting to know him on set, and I mentioned this, I said, you know, I'm, I, I'm not sure what the process is to get represented over there. And he gave me uh, the name of some, uh, some managers and uh, some agents, and uh, I've been in touch. And I understand there's a, a, sp- uh, um, a spotlight that I would have to join, I believe. Oh, it's called Spotlight. Um, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's ca- right, yeah, yeah.
4: Right, a casting, some sort of a casting um, service. I, 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 it's been a while since I looked into it. But um, with the uh, uh, Facebook, I've gotten quite the, quite a few actors in, in the UK have reached out, and we converse, you know, regularly. And uh, I'm asking some of them for some, uh, you know, give me some give me some advice. Tell me what I what I need to do, you know, and uh, any any uh, recommendations as far as representation. You know where they where they might need uh, they might need a yank somewhere you know. <laughs> but uh or you know or somebody uh somebody to do a cockney or uh, you know upper british i uh but I, I it's just one of those goals i said no peg knows at this point i i want to work in the uk i really do just yeah, that'd uh, be
0: great to see you in some british shows it really would
4: it's uh i think the quality of the work is uh it's just so extraordinary um i i'm envious i'm truly envious of those actors that they get a chance to to partake in in productions uh as they do it's just so yeah maybe one day
0: yeah well you seem you seem like a man that when he wants something he, he makes it happen so i i think it'll happen
4: yeah i i honestly think it will too i i truly do uh it's it's something that uh that I'm, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue um, along with my own projects, you know, although with the current state of the virus, I think my own project, we were scheduled to start filming. I'm going to my directorial debut. I wrote a short script, which uh, has gotten a lot of attention. But I think we're going to have to put it on hold just for a little while until we see what direction the the global crisis. Yeah, I think, takes.
0: That, I think that's wise.
4: Yeah yeah it's not canceled uh, it's
0: just on hold that's what i keep saying about you know everything that's been rescheduled it's not canceled it's just been you know just left for now
4: exactly exactly just uh, whatever safety measures uh, need to be put into place just to uh, hopefully control the spread until they get a better handle on it but uh you know at some point everything hopefully will be back to normal and i can uh because I, I am dying to get on. Uh, I, I've wanted to direct for a very, very, very long time and I'm uh, finally getting a shot at doing it. So, That's amazing. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's awesome. going to be fun.
0: So we are going to wrap up our uh, interview with you now, um, but just before okay. we go, where can people find you on social media?
4: Uh, well, Facebook, uh, obviously, and then uh, Instagram is uh, Robert Catrini, underline sag actor and um uh, twitter would be at robert katrini wonderful yeah and your followers absolutely uh, oh by the way Insta <laughs> instagram again robert Catrini. oh well lowercase i guess uh, uh robert katrini underlined sag actor there is a <laughs> it's unbelievable i get a call i've got a phone call from my I know you're gonna wrap this up. I get a phone call last year from a friend of mine. That says, uh, "Bob, what are you? Uh, what's this government grant you're hawking?" I said, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> government grant? He says, "Yeah, you contact me. You you want me to buy some government information?" I said, I, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Somebody, some some nefarious individual. <laughs> went on my instagram and had robert katrini underlined sag actor and the number one and oh, my okay. email one of my emails is sag actor number one at aol.com i also have sag actor one at gmail etc so he this i'm guessing it's a he copied all my photos all my personal information created this this ghost site and then then you know pirated my friend list and was reaching out to all my friends i said no if it has the number one there it's not me that's not me and i had it took a couple of days i was calling i was getting phone calls bob what what government grant i'm like oh no not another one (laughs) (laughs) so i contacted instagram and they did not take it down he's he's still running around so,
0: I think that means you've made it, though. When somebody cl- like clones pretends <laughs> to be you, I think that means you've made it. <laughs>
4: oh, oh, yeah, well, that's the ultimate well, flattery. Well, it, it, that, uh, there's another piece of ultimate flattery. When when this ends, all of you can freely Google my name and then put Robert Catrini net worth, because that was another. <laughs> <laughs> that was another eye opener. I I got another phone call. Said Bob. Uh, we didn't know you were worth eighty three million. I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I happened to be sitting in front of my Mac and I Googled it, and there's a variety of of websites, and I go on one said I was worth twenty four million. It's got all my pictures on it, pictures with Peg, my my resume, uh, 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 uh you know biographical information. It says it's worth twenty four million. Another one said in twenty nineteen, I earned eighty three million. I'm like." And and I couldn't I don't I didn't understand it because I don't understand like my friends were saying well Why would they do that? I said I'm asking the same question. Why? How is it that they're is doing this would intend to monetize it? Because it's all false. Yeah. What what are they doing? That is, is putting money in their pocket? Why would they sit down and do go through all this effort to create this page and this illusion how are they making money from that? Because I don't get it. But yeah, if you Google it, I'm worth anywhere between $142 million and uh, $24 million. So <laughs> there um, my, my, my wife has no knowledge of this money. <laughs> 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 um, no, nor does my bank account but um <laughs> apparently somewhere there's uh there's a stash that, that's in my name <laughs> oh well anyway, hopefully you go. find it one day then. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Yeah, i'd like to see the residual checks you know, reflect a little bit of that too. But, uh, so guys this has been a lot of fun thank you so 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 much no, t-
0: thank you so nice, much for coming on it it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and we can't wait to see what's next for you
4: uh, thank you, thank you very much. Where, uh, so? Where can I find this uh, when it's uh, done and, and, and up?
0: I'm gonna give you the link, so I'll just I'll just send them to you. Um, I'll email them. I've got an email for you, so I'll. It's probably gonna be next
4: week. It will be up. Fantastic! Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, yeah, hey, anytime you want to do it again, I'm here. It's not like I have you know a job to go to. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely take you up on that. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks,
4: guys. Thanks for all the
0: Have a nice weekend.
4: Thank you. You too.
1: Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, pint of lemon ices, please. We're closed. You know what? we're headed right back out as soon as you hook us up with some ices. Lemony-one.
4: What do <laughs> you do me a favor? Eh? I already z out the register. You already z out the register. Hang on, okay, would you please look. Here's the deal.
1: There's an old man who used to come to this place when he was a kid, and eating these lemon ices was the one bright spot in his whole rotten childhood. That man is lying in a bed right now, in a hospital, with a heart ischemia. That's right, a heart ischemia. (laughs) What do you say, friend, huh? Come on.
4: I had a heart ischemia. It ain't that bad.
0: There you go, there was our interview there with Robert Katrini. I mean, what a nice guy was he. Oh,
1: he was so nice. Thank really you. Really for, thank you him. for
0: jumping in there, Cal.
1: Well, I had some technical issues in my studio for a second. But... <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for Todd. That's what happened during the interview, Todd,
3: when I was I left a gap for you. Gavin left a gap for me and no one spoke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well it's one of those things I was trying to wait for the perfect moment and I'd be like a pause, pause, I'm like and then as I was ready to go, like somebody else was speaking, I'd be like, Fuck, I missed it. So it's like yeah. I had to wait yeah, for it to come around again. Yeah, so I Is I, that all you created was an edit moment. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, yeah. Very much so bad. I
0: was I was like I was I was asking a lot of questions and then I thought well, I'm gonna keep quiet now and Todd had said something to him and he and he responded to Todd and I thought, Oh Todd's gonna follow it up with something now. So I left it and didn't speak. And then Kelly never spoke. And I'm assuming it's because Kelly thought the same as what I was thinking, and Todd (laughs) never spoke, so it was like dead. It was just dead air. Oh shit! So let me just jump straight back in, and it was fine. Well,
1: in future references, if you leave those opportunities, I'm gonna fucking fire away rapid fire like a goddamn Uzi. Then.
0: Well, no, no, no. That's that's probably a really good idea because I was talking to you before about this, and the thing is, like, with the interviews, when me and Scott used to do the interviews, we'd do it where we both have our phones. And then we text each other. Okay, you ask the next question because it's difficult when you're not in the same room, and it worked really well because he'd, he'd ask a question and, or maybe he'd ask three questions, and then he'd go, "Okay, your turn now." And then I would go, "Okay, right." So I'd have my question. So then, when our guest had finished speaking, I would it just flowed, and that's the problem with you because you're on your phone, <laughs> and we we've talked about you are going to get right. a
1: laptop eventually, which will be fantastic. Right, I'm actually going to get set up with a professional kind of setup. Yeah, now that can have a
0: laptop. So so we like I we,
2: think I helped you Gav. I think I, I helped you with like back in the very very early days. Probably. When this was mainly just I think you like episode 1 or 2 or 3. <laughs> yeah. And you were like I need some equipment. <laughs> no, well like, that was it,
0: those early days. That was literally just I had it running through the TV. I had one microphone that yes, was set yeah, up yeah. near the speaker of the TV and me. So it was picking me up and it was picking the audio of the TV which happened to be Craig and Scott. And it was shit. The audio, that's why people say, so, I'm going to listen from episode one. And I'm like, no, please don't skip the please first 20 because they're terrible. <laughs> like the setup that we have now, it's literally what you're hearing is what's being recorded. And that's that's what I wanted. And even now we're, yeah. we're going to upgrade
2: eventually. So it's an easier job well, for me. I was, I was just going to say like from from the links and uh, and so on, like it's improved so much. Uh, yeah. the professionality of it is, has improved so much it's it's, oh,
0: it's yeah.
2: like a lot of your listeners might not know uh, like from the, the people who've listened from the earlier stuff might have heard me on it before but I don't get to come on very often because of the time difference and so on yeah um, so it is nice when I can it's probably been best part of a year since I've been on yeah, um, it has. and the, the for me as somebody who's taken taken part in the actual recording process it's changed so much. Like it's night and day. It really is. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. You know what's funny as well is that like we've we've been like working together behind the scenes now on like loads of different things, even stuff not on the podcast, just music and stuff and like but mainly the podcast and the, the theme music and stuff like that and and then I can't remember what it was, it was something on Facebook the other day and, and I made a comment about something about oh, you've you've done all the work or something and then your brother Martin, who's one of my best friends He didn't even know He had no fucking clue. Yeah. So he's like
2: he goes I, I, think he memory memory. I think he was a bit annoyed.
0: I think he was a bit annoyed. He was like, "Well, I didn't know about this. What, what's this?" Cuz me and <laughs> like basically I've been talking to Mikey more than I have Martin and he, I think he was a bit like, "Hang on a minute. What's going what? on here?" He's out of
2: the loop. <laughs> yeah. I, after that actually after that Facebook conversation, I ended up sending him all of the little snippets of things that ha- I've had involvement in.
4: And let, let me, me guess, let me guess years. he probably
0: didn't fucking say a word, did he?
2: I can't remember i know he's he's like, he's hopeless
0: like that like he's he's hard to have a conversation with sometimes like but a lot of my friends are so in his defense he's not the only one but there's some people you just like you want to have a chat with them and it's like you don't get much back Todd's a bit like that actually you're trying to have a chat with you're trying to have you trying to have a chat with Todd and it's like awesome sounds good and you know he, you know he's you know he's at work and he's busy so he, he rather than say I'm at work I'll, I'll message you later he tries to be as polite as possible and he's just like awesome sounds good and I'm like oh okay
1: I, I've told you my new schedule so if you if you messaged me like nine o'clock your time you know I'm sitting in a break room or or building a pallet at work you, you know I might shoot you back like a at least I don't ignore your message and have it on there and don't read it for three days I mean I have done that you know, that's, that's a rarity that's a rarity damn it at least yeah. I'll, I'll shoot back an awesome okay sounds good and then give you a voice message when I get out of work at like 3 o'clock in the morning which is 4 of your time and then you get to hear it when you wake up
0: <laughs> yeah now that's yeah I, I'm yeah. fair enough but like nobody's more worse than Craig let's just say that like Craig's the yes. fucking worst I texted him the other day because of all this you know uh, coronavirus stuff and I was like because he works in the hospital so I texted him and I was like is everything okay man like how are you doing and he's like yeah fine and I'm like oh fuck it so I just left it I didn't even bother going into it with him I don't think he knows what's going on to be honest
3: you would hope so since he's doing the cleaning
0: yeah that's a worry to be honest
3: <laughs> that
1: no- is a worry <laughs> that is okay a worry. we can say what we want about it if you don't listen to the podcast but-
0: yeah <laughs> Like, they'll probably say to him, like, you need need to wear a mask when you do this cleaning, you have to wear a mask. He'll probably come in with a fucking Frankenstein mask on from Halloween. He just doesn't get it. So, um, just to let our listeners know as well, there's no reason at all Craig's not on this episode. It wasn't like, um, you know, he was busy or anything. We just, it's late. And he wasn't obviously part of the interview. And we've actually just recorded an interview with someone else, which we're not going to mention now. Um, And so it was just because it's so late, we were just like, eh, we'll just do the intro and outro. So he doesn't even know yet but he won't give a fuck anyway because it's Craig. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, he wouldn't. He'd be happy about <laughs> I was, was going to try and sideswipe your interview for... <coughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> Jesus, Mike. You, you, uh, do you
2: need to go and get tested? <laughs>
1: yeah. You need to get the cat swap. <laughs> what... W-
0: what was you? What Jesus. were you? What point were you making? Because you coughed and and didn't finish your train
1: of thought. <laughs> no, it was it was an intentional cough. <laughs> oh my fucking! That, hell. That, that's how he, that, yeah, that's how he was trying to 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 side rail the, uh, the the episode by making the cough to bring up the coronavirus. Oh, he picked up Jesus on fuck... that. For yeah.
0: Yeah. did you pick up on that, Kel? Was that just me?
3: No, I didn't hear very well.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> now I don't feel
2: too bad now.
3: The audio just went.
2: Yeah, I thought you were dying, Mike. <laughs> It would be genuinely difficult to record this episode without mentioning it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know that's yeah, the thing, like But our guests to mentioning it, like, you know, Robert touched on it there in the episode and our guest we just recorded with tonight mentioned it as well. So it's just you can't it's it's unavoidable basically.
1: It's fucking everywhere.
3: So we use a lockdown Todd.
2: I hope it's not fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It well, be. it is
1: as far as I'm concerned, because it's all over, it, 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 there was one state in the United States that was without, uh, which was West I'm Virginia. And then they <laughs> recently had their first confirmed case because somebody from a neighboring state, which is on pretty much lockdown, got cabin fever and said, fuck this, we're going to West Virginia to do some shopping and took it across the state line and infected <sighs> people in West Virginia. Because that's how smart people are in the states instead of doing <laughs> what they should which is you know stay away from people stay local don't spread it now they get cabin fever and say well jesus gas prices are low let's fill up the tank and see where it takes us and the next thing you know you're infecting like 50 people across three counties and was like you fucking idiot stay at home yeah Yeah. that's just my rant
3: (laughs) they're saying um petrol pumps are spreading it as well now that's a whole new thing
0: (laughs) well it makes sense doesn't it i just think everybody should be wearing disposable gloves we just need to just keep wearing. Fucking take them off as soon as you touch something. Take them off, throw them away, put another pair on.
1: I know it's at waste, least one. It's not be, on. Be it's... like Michael Jackson, wear at least one glove, and <laughs> well, yeah, use that like, glove to touch everything. You know, when you're done, dispose of it, and you know. I don't
0: really. Well, wanna, I don't really want to talk about what he used to touch with the one glove on.
1: Jesus. Well, he's. I'm not saying dispose of crucial evidence against your future case. I'm saying dispose of possible contamination
3: so we're all panic buying loo rolls here and pasta and all that now because of the pubs have all been closed everyone's panicked buying booze why are all the people in the states panic buying um guns and stuff
1: <laughs> I don't it's, a, it's an American thing you can't take our guns from us goddammit. it and also and it's well, you do it? <laughs> yeah well it's, it's the one industry that's booming during everything else is fucking tanking in the economy <laughs> but everybody's running out and buying guns because they think it's going to be some apocalyptic thing that I might not have shit paper, but I got a gun so I can take my neighbor's shit paper. It's like, you know, I'll take it by force, by God.
3: (laughs) That tickled me. I was like, what? What do they do with all these yeah, going It's, an, it's like, an
1: American Second Amendment thing. I don't get it either because I don't like guns, but not that I'm against guns. I always put that out there because as soon as I say that, people are like, oh, you fucking liberal. I'm not a liberal. I'm just saying, <laughs> me personally, I don't see the point of having a gun. I think they're loud and obnoxious, but that's just me. I know. If like, you want to have a goddamn AK-47 and blow up a pumpkin in your backyard. It's America. <laughs> fucking do it. But it ain't for me. <laughs> right. One thing I don't understand about, too, is like here they're instituting like a curfew. And like shorter hours, like businesses, like big box stores, who used to be open from like, say, 6 a.m. to midnight. Now they say by 8 o'clock you have to shut down and you can't open again until this time. So then, But then they say, but you can only have so many people in an area at one time. But when they shorten the hours, people know, oh, shit, I used to have all day, but now I only got four hours to get in there and get what I want. So now you have all these people showing up to the same store, rushing in there. So now you have what normally would be thousands of people throughout the day, the same amount of people or more because they're panicked that, oh, shit, they're going to sell out of that. I better get there. So you're actually making the situation worse by having more people come in at a shorter amount of time yeah. and be more you know condensed. And so it's ridiculous. In some states, they've even brought in the National Guard like, to stand at the, the fucking door and say, we can only let 50 people in at a time to shop, so they count off 50, let them in, and then they got to wait. When two people come out, they send two more in. And it's like, uh, have we really got to that? That you ha- actually have to have like the fucking military tell you that you can go in and buy your fucking shit paper? Like, Jesus. It's scary. It is scary. It's not that way here yet, but it's going to get to that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. So, on a lighter note... <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Kelly still there, or did she disappear?
3: No, I'm still here. I'm just oh, okay. not talking so can... for a, for a second.
0: <laughs> oh, all right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's unlike me.
0: Uh, no, I was just making sure you are there. So yeah, no, we, we can uh, we'll we'll curve this conversation. If you like what yeah, I did there? I... Curve, flatten the curve sure, on this conversation. Sure. Flatten uh, the curve. We we can we can wrap it up anyway. I mean, there's, there's not a hell of a lot of stuff to report. Just to give out our normal information, which is our, our website, majorsmessel.com. Mikey, while you're on. That needs to. We need to do something with that because, um as you know, right now there's photographs oh. of of people on there that are no longer associated oh, with the podcast. So yeah, we just need to update it. And we can't do. A, this is the problem: is we can't do a current photo shoot because Craig isn't coming to Canada anytime soon, and and you know and Todd will, but you know obviously once all this shit sorted out. But um yeah. there's no photo shoot, well, so we're limited to what we can replace those pictures with.
2: You can always send shit over to me, and I'll I'll do some magic. Um, you know. Yeah, let's try and do that let's... together. make them okay. look look uh, like you're actually together. <laughs> yeah, we'll try okay. and do that. Yeah, we'll take some more headshots. You know, and thing is, as well, is putting it out to your listeners. Like, you know, what do you want to see on the website as well?
0: Yeah, true enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good idea. Ask them
3: now.
2: Yeah, what what do you want
0: Just to see uh, on the website, am... guys? Let us know. Exactly. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm here to. Uh, I work typically behind the scenes you might hear from me once a year. Um but what do you want to see on the website and if and if there's enough input about what you'd like to see on the website, I'll fucking build it. (laughs) We'll get it
0: done. Um okay. Also also our Instagram page is uh Mess Hall Podcast or at Mess Hall Podcast is our Instagram. Follow us on there. Our Twitter is at Majors Mess Hall. Give us a follow on there. Facebook page, just search Majors Mess Hall. We've got over fourteen thousand followers on there now which is mind blowing. Uh, awesome, and our, awesome. our, the, the important one is the Patreon page so if you go to patreon.com forward slash Majors Mess Hall that will take you to our Patreon page and you can become one of our patrons um, and what we've decided we're going to start doing and the first episode's already gone out which Mikey helped create a special theme tune for that one it's the hmm. WhatsApp with Majors Mess Hall and it's basically it's a side project podcast that we've started doing That it's just a podcast made up of our WhatsApp voice messages between the three of us so me Todd and Craig and uh, the first episode seems to be doing quite well. Our patrons on there enjoying it, and uh, they're eager for the next one. So we are working on the next one, and uh, we probably put that out in a month or so. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to get that exclusive con- content, then just go to uh, the Patreon page uh, and sign up to become one of our patrons. Um, but yeah, uh, that pretty much concludes our episode. There. I want to say a big thank you to Robert Catrini for coming on again. Um, he said that he wanted to come back on again one day soon. So, yeah, we'll like, definitely have him back on. It was it was lovely. Absolutely.
3: He was a really nice guy or something. He? he was, I yeah.
0: there's loads of
3: things we didn't actually talk about with him that
0: that no, would be quite
3: interesting to, to like talk to him about again.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like I said, he's done that much stuff that the three of us just literally made a list of the things we wanted to talk to him about, and we just didn't get through even through all that because there's just so much. And he's a very chatty person, which just makes our job easier. That, um, yeah, it was just it was a piece of cake talking to him. So, thank you very much, Robert, for coming on. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. So, thanks, everyone, for listening. I want to say thank you to Mikey for stepping in and having a chat with us. And mainly for all the help that he has given us and is continuing to give us because uh, it just means so much to us. We'd be lost thanks. without you. <laughs> and, uh, appreciate it. And obviously, Kelly, thank you very much for helping us out with these interviews. Um, you're a natural at it. <laughs> as me and me. If you're talking agree when I say that you are
2: you're a natural yes, doing nice, this interview she does fit in well the last couple of episodes I've listened to like yeah it's, it's quite natural and quite good she fits in well yeah, there
0: you go see I, I enjoy go. doing the interviews to be
3: honest it's
0: fun right yeah. anyway let's uh, let's wrap this episode up so has anybody got anything else to add before we wrap it <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: always good to wrap, in these times. okay so I got it I
0: got it. it that time Mike
1: <laughs> but no just thanks for listening and uh, appreciate the love and support and uh, take care of yourselves
0: and each other
2: and each <laughs> other Jerry Springer <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay anyway so we are going to wrap it up now so yeah thank you very much yes. for listening to episode 105 sorry you know what 115 one, one, yeah,
2: 115
0: 115 <laughs> and uh, we'll see you for 116 which is coming up soon Alrighty. take it easy take guys care. See you later. Bye, Bye, everyone.